Well, I titled this sermon, um, Being in Field um, with the Holy Spirit uh, is Better Prepared. Um, you know, I just want to make this clear. I'm speaking to believers for those of you guys that are listening out there. Um, and, um, you know, if you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to uh, get that settled today. Because uh, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And, uh, you know, Jesus, he is the Savior. And, and he'll save you. And, uh, and if, if the Lord's, if, if you feel, if you have the feel to do that, that's the Holy Spirit that's proving your heart. And, and uh, you need to get it done. Um, okay. So we've talked about, uh, I'm just going to do a recap of a couple things that we talked about last when we talked about a reckoning. Um, you know, a reckoning is coming. Uh, and we're, and which is uh, going to be, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, every, everything's going to be accounted for. Even the very words that have come out of our mouth uh, uh, during our life and, and uh, during our walk. And um, we're going to talk about Matthew 25, uh, 19. And uh, all you guys are familiar with that, the 10 virgins. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, that in itself is a, a, a form of a reckoning and accounting. Um, we also talked about a beckoning, uh, beckoned um, in correlation to a beckoning candle um, that uh, our light would, would burn like a beckoning candle. And, uh, and uh, you know, and the scripture said, you know, we would not hide that under a bushel, would we? Um, you, if your candle's burning, uh, you wouldn't put a bushel over it. And, and, uh, and the word says we're not we're to quench not the spirit, uh, which means that you can quench the spirit. Um, but today, let's talk about being infilled with the spirit, and more specifically, I wanted to talk about how to be uh, infilled with the spirit. And um, you know, today was meant to focus on the Holy Spirit and the oil that represents the Holy Spirit. But you know how that goes when you start digging in the Bible. Uh, it just really went to a couple other areas that are correlated with that whole the Holy Spirit, and that you you really got to touch on. They go hand in hand. In fact, uh, you know it's correlated with the light that burns within you. Uh, it's correlated with the need to wash thyself. It's correlated with um, you know to anoint thee or to anoint thyself, and it's correlated with put thy raiment on. Uh, or put that raiment on upon thee, uh, that garment. So, um, so how are we to do such? Um, that, that's kind of the focus point today. And uh, so it, it quickly led to, I had to back up and start looking at uh, the, the washing of myself. And we know a complete washing of the body uh, is a one-time event. Um, it's the salvation of the body and spirit. And, and you're washed by the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ. And, and that's the salvation, as we all know it, the salvation of the Spirit. Um, yet, there's a, a washing that's more of a daily washing, and it's the washing of our, our feet. It's a cleansing to cleanse our walk uh, so that we can start afresh, you know, on a daily basis. So, uh, um, you know, that's, that's important, and, and it correlates with this oil, being infilled with the oil of the Holy Spirit. But... Um, I'm just going to, you don't need to go there, I've got too much today, and, and, and since this opened up, so I'm probably not going to finish it today, but the good news is I'm going to go maybe the next time before Terry's that I have the opportunity to, to uh, finish it. Um, 
But in John, 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, if we confess our sins. And so right there is a cleansing or a washing. Um, you know, it's good to remind ourselves the fear of the Lord is to qualify and determine our walk. And, um, and which took me to 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, Knowing therefore that the fear of the Lord we persuade, or the fear of the Lord, we, persu we persuade man to watch and be faithful. Um, so it says, knowing therefore the fear of the Lord. Excuse me. Um, so, <clears throat> if you, in doing so, as we talk about faithful servants and unfaithful servants, you got to consider, you know, the flip side I always call the unfaithful servant. Um, and um, these aren't, uh, they're servants of the Lord. They're not lost people. Um, and uh, they're really those who yield to the works of the flesh um, or to the world and um, instead of being led by the Spirit. And so I'm going to, the first scripture we're going to look at is uh, in Galatians 5, 17, 21. Um, Galatians 5, and uh, it's 17 through 21 is what I'm going to say. Um, but it says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness and lavishness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, revilings, and such like of which I tell you before, as have also told you in the time past, that they which do the, such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So it sounds like the works of the flesh, and, it's, and the Lord's defining that specifically, isn't he? Um, <clears throat> we're going to touch, we're going, where we're going with some of this is, obviously, my, it's not obviously, yeah, but my objective is to, is to define the oil, being the Holy Spirit, I think, I think, in all, uh, All theologians, what I'm trying to say, agree that the oil represents the Holy Spirit in the Bible. But um, we're going to focus more on the one um, who was at the wedding feast, um, and he had no wedding garment. Um, we're going to focus on the five careless virgins who had less oil in their lamps, and they needed an extra supply, which is, uh, like I said, we're going to go there uh, in Matthew 25. Um, So, um, in talking about the oil in the scriptures representing the Holy Spirit, Saul, he was anointed um, the first king over Israel. And that verse is 1 Samuel 10. And I'm, if we can flip our Bibles over there, 
First Samuel 10, verse 1, it says, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? In verse 6, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned unto another man. So, we know Saul was anointed there with the oil and the Holy Spirit, and of course, following his disobedience, uh, David uh, was anointed with the oil. And you can flip your Bibles over to 1 Samuel um, 16, 13, just a few pages over. I'm going to move kind of fast, so. But in 1 Samuel 16, 13, he says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So um, there we see uh, David, David being anointed uh, with the oil. The oil was used uh, in both of these passages to uh, symbolize God's Spirit. Um, and let's look at Hebrew 1 9. I'm going to be moving through fast. Don't want to flip over there. That's okay. I'll just uh, read it and you can enjoy hearing the word. Um, Hebrew 1 9. It says, um, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God. Even thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And I always think of that fellow with that Greek word metakoi, which is companions in Christ. Um, so getting on to where I wanted to go with this is the parable of the ten virgins. And um, there that those scriptures, everybody's familiar with that, but uh, it's almost as if you can't get enough of it. Um, I, every time I look in there, I seem to glean a golden nugget uh, out of doing so. Um, but um, let me be over in Matthew 25. Let me find that real quick. So, most everybody here is in agreement. It's preached differently, sometimes out and about, but uh, we're in agreement that these 10 virgins are, are, are saved. Uh, these are not lost people. They all, they all had oil, and they all arose, and uh, they all slumbered and slept too. So, um, but I'm just gonna read that. And, you know, but the point is, is not every Christian uh, is infilled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm not talking about they don't possess the Holy Spirit. Obviously, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes in, you know, into your heart and you possess that light. But being infilled with the Holy Spirit is different. Um, 
And it shows it right here in these scriptures. And I'm just going to read them uh, real quick. Uh, 1 through 13, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And if you notice, they were all virgins, which represents purity. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took the oil in their vessels with their lamps. And the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. So for all of them to arise uh, is, you know, that's not a, a dead, dead man in Christ is not arising to go meet the, the bridegroom. And, but they all trimmed their lamps back, so they were all burning, uh, weren't they? Couldn't trim it back at one burning. Um, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. You know, and I think the Greek makes mention of their going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. So there's not enough for both of us. Um, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And that one, <clears throat> that verse has stumped me a little bit, or that, that, not that verse, those, those last few words. But go ye rather to them that sell. And it makes me think, well, who is that? Um, and to buy for yourselves. So we're going to elaborate on that a little bit more. But in uh, verse 10 says, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And this is the festivity um, that's taking place. And afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered, and he said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. And any time in the scriptures, you know, when he says, I know you, or someone knew one another, it's always in an intimate uh, fashion. Um, just a reminder, he, the verses point out that he knows the numbers of the hair hairs on our head so uh, he obviously knows everything about us but <clears throat> in this sense and in most every sense and, uh, when he knows someone it's intimate um, but uh, 13 says watch therefore which is is something we need to be doing in this day and time and really in any day and time but more so today I mean we, we're really without excuse uh, watch therefore for you know neither the day or the hour when the son of man cometh um, <clears throat> looking at uh, you know Proverbs 21 20 it, it mentions the, the oil but it says but a foolish man spins it up and um, I'm going to flip over there real quick that's Proverbs uh, 20 21 Oh, 2120. Sorry. Um, it says, no, that's not it. 20. There it is. It says, There is a treasure to be desired in the oil in the dwelling of the wise, 
So, the, so and the oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spins it up. And um, it goes on there in 21, it says, he that follow after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness and honor. And so um, it sounds like the 10 virgins or the, or the five opposed to the other five. Uh, to me. But we also have Ruth's example. You know, Ruth could have not been properly prepared for meeting Boaz apart from anointing herself. Um, and the ten virgins are in like fashion. Um, they could have not been properly prepared for meeting the bridegroom at midnight apart from possessing uh, that extra amount of oil. Um, but this will be the same for Christians today and, and they can't be properly prepared for meeting their Lord, or our Lord at midnight, uh, apart from being filled or infilled uh, with the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm, I don't want to repeat myself, but it's not to be confused with possessing the Holy Spirit. We're talking about being infilled uh, with the Holy Spirit. Um, but as we said earlier, Christians will be called to an accounting. It's got, everything's going to be accounted for. Um, it's midnight, and, and only those filled with the Spirit will be allowed to enter uh, into that marriage festivity with the, with the bridegroom. But we also see, we've talked about the washing of the feet, we've talked about being infilled with the Spirit, and we'll talk about that more. But then we also see this put on uh, thy raiment upon thee. Uh, not only a clean walk and, and to be anointed with oil, but to be properly arrayed with that garment, to put on that raiment upon him. And Naomi told Ruth uh, to put on, uh, to clothe herself for that special occasion, you know, with this uh, special garment. And um, I'm gonna turn over to Matthew 22, 12. Yeah, Matthew 22, 12. And this here is going to talk about this garment. And let's go back up to the road. It says, when the king came in to see the guest, and he saw there was a man which had not on a wedding garment, he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not wearing a wedding garment? And that man was speechless. Um, and he called him friend. So this man was denied entrance into the festivity of a certain king's son. And it would be the same for us. And if you go on and read that, you'll see the consequences. I mean, he was, he was cast out. Um, but it's evident that a Christian not infilled with the Spirit is in no, no position to perform uh, righteous acts or works uh, which make up that wedding garment. And uh, the scriptures tell us so. Um, a lot of people just assume you, when you got saved, you have that garment. Um, but it says, it makes me think even of Adam and Eve, you know, when, when they sinned, 
they both became naked, and uh, and they immediately knew so. Um, of course, the, the Lord uh, clothed them, uh, you know, going forward. But uh, I think it's just another picture. Um, Christians uh, will appear in, in Christ's presence in that coming day, either clothed or or naked. And I'm going to read uh, in Revelations three, um, chapter three, verse eighteen or seventeen and eighteen. Um. 17 starts out, and the Lord says, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing, uh, and I knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, and thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye or eye that thou mayest see. You know, I think about those, I'm gonna talk more about those guys on the road to Emmaus, it just, it's just, oh, it's all over me. Uh, you know, their hearts burn, and we're gonna talk more about that, but their eyes are open. Uh, that, that they would see and hear, you know, we're, we're talking, and that, that scripture just covers so much in there about that garment, uh, about that nakedness, and about the shame of being naked, um, you know, and about having those eyes opened. And the Lord going on in 19, it says, As many as I love, or as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So, how often we hear repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It makes me think too, or in looking in the studies uh, in uh, Romans 8, uh, 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril, or sword. Both groups in Matthew 22 are going to be dealt with accordingly. But holiness is God's way. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, the word says, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. And one of God's methods for securing holiness of life is by hope. And um, of course this hope is set on a person and it's the person of Jesus Christ. But in, in, in 1 John 3, 3 it says, every man that has this hope, in him Christ purifies himself, even as he is pure. So I, I know that those, those words and that hymn I'm going to be meditating on that. Pure and ever changing, like I said. Um, 
In, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. How do we do it? How are we filled with the Spirit? One is to put on that garment. And I even think of putting on that whole armor of God, uh, that helmet of salvation. Uh, and I was reminded, you know, not for one minute, not for one moment, do we need to relinquish our hope uh, in His soon coming. You know, when we, we uh, incur the loss of a friend or, or the loss of a church relationship and um, you were still going to have to hope. I think of the, the sword of the spirit. We're supposed to be faced forward with that armor. It's not in need of any protection on the back. I know you've heard that before. Uh, but we're supposed to front, stay front forward, going forward, and have no regrets. Luke uh, 9.62 Luke 9.62 speaks of that. And it says, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? I'm guilty of looking back often. Uh, and, it, and it truly is. It's, it's a waste of time. And uh, I think Satan, that's probably what Satan wants you to do, is he, he'll get you into that snare. And, and um, I always think of that hammer of salvation would save me from that chatter, you know, that goes on in my head. Uh, in those types of things, looking back, missing a friend uh, that's no longer with us, and, and those kinds of things. We're to be looking forward to, to that hope, that, same, that, that hope to come. Um, and David said, another, when I ask how, how do we be in filled with the Holy Spirit? He says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And that's in Psalms 119. And then in Romans 8, um, it touches on quite a bit there. Let me find that real quick. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, 
He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And I love to always those those words, that word if, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you. Um, jumping down to 14 real quick. For as many are led by the spirit of God, those are the sons of God. There's many that are led by the spirit of God. And we know from our studies, sons of God are those that are walking in his way, those righteous that are um, staying focused and they're not children of God that are babes and still on the milk of the word and uh, are being led astray by everything that comes down the pike, you know, in this world. Um, but they're led by the Spirit. And uh, in verse 15 says this, um, that the Spirit uh, testifies. And uh, in verse 16 says it bears witness. And um, so we're to live submissive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, to be infilled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Second Peter uh, one nineteen. It says, "For we have a more sure word of prophecy, wherein to ye do dwell, that we take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place." until the day of dawn and the day star arises in your heart. You know, so you, you look at that, we're to have a more sure word of prophecy, a prophetic word. And it says we're to take heed. Because it talks about in the dark, that the light shineth in a dark place until the day of dawn or until the day breaks through the gloom, you can say as well. And the day star rises in your hearts. We've got to be currently in the night of this world in our current existence. It's, 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 it's pretty dark. And you look at all the sex trafficking and pornography, and it's just bizarre. So uh, we're in the night of existence currently. The only light that we really have, which guides our feet as we journey onward or upward, is the prophetic word. You know, we all know this verse in Psalms 119, that word is a lamp unto my feet. And the lamp shows how we walk. So we're asking, how are we being filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, the lamp shows us how to walk. And, the, and it's to be a light unto our path. And the light unto our path shows us where to walk. So we talked, first second Peter talked about the prophetic word. First or second Corinthians talked about being changed, even by the Spirit of the Lord. And then I think of Revelations 19 says that uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which is our hope. Christians for the last day is likened to the ten virgins. 
And we're in, our, we're in the last days, and I'm not up here trying to predict the day or the hour, but I know we're in the last days. It's got to be sooner than later. But we're, for us Christians, it's likened to the ten virgins. That's the moment. And it's where are we going to be? We're going to be in the five that are in field or the five that, that are not. Second Timothy uh, 2, I'm just going to blow through that too because we're in that time, informs us how to live. And it calls the Christian in verse 1 to be a son. We talked about that. And to be strong in the grace of the Lord. In verse 3 it talks about Christians or a Christian is being like a soldier. And uh, and we've talked some about that, about putting that armor on. And Christians are being prepared like an athlete in verse 5 and likened it to a farmer. In verse 6 and verse 6, 15, a workman, such as a skilled carpenter or a tailor. He's to cut straight. Yet, verse 20 talks about likened to vessels in a great house of gold and silver. Gold and silver vessels. And yet, there's wood, hay, and earth. Those vessels are there and become to dishonor in that grace of great house. Verse 24 is called a servant. Um, and it says, you're not of your own, you're bought with a price, and it's the Lord that bought us. And his we are. So how do we be infilled with the Holy Spirit? Um, it's through obedience. Through um, being gentle, faithful, and diligent. I think of James, uh, I'm going to flip over real quick. James uh, 1, 19 through 22 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, and slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity and naughtiness. And receive with the meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And we know your souls is not the spirit, but it's, it's, uh, it's your life's works. Um, we were talking about those ten virgins, and I'm going to read this and, and just wrap it up, and I'll finish this up at a later day. Um, but I'm going to flip over to Revelations uh, 3.18. You remember the part about those five, or, or the other said there's not enough for both of us. You need to go out and buy your own. Um, that disturbed me a little bit. I'm like, who's selling and who's buying? And then I didn't disturb me, but it just made me question that I had this clear. Um, but I think it's talking about investing in the, in opportunities as they come your way. And that's something you can't just run out and do quickly. We're just taking advantage of the time now so we won't be caught off guard at his coming. And we're like, you know, oh my goodness, I'm not ready. And, uh, and, and so, um, but in Revelation uh, 3.18, it says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold. Tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, and thou mayest be clothed 
and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye slave, and thou mayest see. I know we've read that before, but it, to me it's the answer for the five virgins that, that were really invested in the wrong things. Um, First Timothy, First Timothy 4, 1-3 talks about the Spirit speaks expressly. Um, and I'm going to flip over to Luke 14, 18 real quick. And it says uh, here, <coughs> I'm going to go to 17. And they sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And 18 says, And they all, with one consent, began to make an excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, I pray thee, have me excused. Second one said, and another said, or another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. They're buying the wrong thing. And the, and the, and the other said, I married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. I'm not saying we can't invest in a, in a life, but. You, know, you think of those verses where he said you're going to leave father, mother, son, wife, and daughter, and it's talking about getting straightway with the Lord. Uh, it's between us and him as individuals when everything is to be accounted for. And so uh, this one used that his wife was a reason that he, he could not come. So they're buying the wrong things. And... and um, you really invested in, 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 you know, the five virgins, I think, that were the not in the spirit were, were more invested in the world. But um, I'll go ahead and close with that. And I know it's kind of abruptly, but there's quite a bit more that I want to talk to about the old and the Holy Spirit and how to be infilled with the Holy Spirit that um, ties all those things together, the washing and the, and the rabbit and that garment that we're to put on. Um, and to be in that position. Because I always say, hey, all that sounds good to me, but how how do I do that? Like, I need to know the one, two, three step, how to do it. And um, and then sometimes I'm like, whoa, there's too much. But then when I really just ponder it, it's really more simple than we give it credit to be. Uh, I think we make it more difficult. I think it's just being submissive to the Holy Spirit and uh, and invested in the right things opposed to uh, buying and investing in the wrong things uh, of the world. So let me close in prayer. And uh, I appreciate y'all letting me uh, be up here today. I take it seriously and, and I'm thankful for it. And uh, I'm thankful for our church and, and uh, all those that are here. So. Lord, we just want to come to you, and, and Father, we do live in uh, strange days, and uh, 
And I know the word says that um, nothing is new under the sun. Uh, but I also know that um, in those examples, as, as in the days of Noah were, um, that it's going to be the same with coming of the Son of Man. But Father, I'm, we're going to be looking, I know to be looking for you coming and, and, and to have that hope um, and not to be fearful, but also to have that zeal within us to, uh, to please you but also to be worthy, um, a worthy servant, where we're taking advantage of those opportunities and investing uh, in those as if it was a purchase uh, in regards to our works. And Father, um, I just pray, pray that um, we would leave here today um, with a heavy heart, um, seeking to draw near to you, and uh, thankful for the Word of God, and, and so thankful for all things and, and your love and your grace and your mercy. And um, Lord, we pray that we would have a keen sense of awareness as we're in our walk and in our journey and, uh, and that, that you would give us the necessary words to speak boldly as the scriptures say, as we ought to. Not as we have the gift of speaking, but as we ought to. And uh, Father, I pray that we keep our eye on Israel and uh, which is the prophetic law, uh, so to speak, and uh, and that we would uh, pray for Israel that they be saved, and and and, uh, and pray for the Jews, and um, and we'd stand in their corner. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, we would have that heavy heart to speak the word of God. In Jesus' name, we pray, Lord. Amen.